Hi, this is Bailey Curry. Dallin Bestwick here. Brennan Gaunt here, former driver number 62. This is Gary Owen from the Going YouTube channel. Hi, I'm Rafael Sard. Quick Pick Podcast. It's not that tough. Connor, Ethan, Quick Pick Podcast. You're listening to it. Everybody tune in. Welcome back to the Quick Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan, joined by Connor this week, as always. And you know what? We've got a bonus podcast, as you've seen by the title of this show. We're back from Indy. Connor's dogs are very excited that he's back from Indy, and we had a fantastic weekend. So we're recording this bonus show here to uh, kind of recap our stories and, and uh, show how much fun we had and how much you should definitely go check out the Indy 500 next year. Um, so I guess we'll just work through the whole weekend. Connor, are your dogs um, under control? I think so. I think so. Yeah, they're excited that I was back. Uh, walked in Monday night after we got back, and they were going crazy. So they were, they're pretty excited to see me back. Yeah, so nine-hour drive to get out to the track, which wasn't even that bad on, on Saturday. Uh, maybe a little bit worse on the way back on, on, on Monday, but I mean, woke up early, got there, what, four o'clock, anything of note from the drive, Connor? I'll tell you this much. If going into the drive, I was not, if you told me we would be there before four o'clock, I would have called you crazy. Uh, we, uh, left, left around 6 30 AM. And it was, as you said, it's like a nine, nine ish, a little over nine hour drive right around before nine. stops before stops. So then. So then four would have been about 10 hours or so of driving. So you're thinking, all right, so you have a nine hour drive. You're going to have to stop for gas at least once or twice. You want to get some lunch. You're going to have to stop for the bathroom. So I was thinking more like maybe hopefully be right around five. We'll get there. And we were pulling up at 357 unloading. So uh, very lucky there was no major traffic kind of uh, got, got out, got into that uh, out West area. And then it was just flat and, uh, hit the highway and we uh, flew down there. So uh, yeah, it was much better drive than I was anticipating. And it was, yeah, as you said, we'll get to it, but it was, it was definitely the better drive of the two uh, going back was a little rough. As, uh, as you get out West, the speed limits increase on the interstate. I think once you got to Indiana, it was 85 as the speed limit or 75 or something like that. So you can really start cruising once you get out there. Uh, as everything flattens and straightens out. But, yeah, we got to our Airbnb um, through Frisbee in an abandoned baseball field that looked slightly apocalyptic. Um, And I went to a race that night because there's a racetrack just five minutes down the road, the Indianapolis Speedrome. I'm sure you saw pictures on our social media because we had a blast. That was such – that was way more than I expected. I had found it researching for the weekend is like, Hey, this would be some nice, uh, relatively cheap entertainment before the 500. What a night that, that would be a highlight, like without anything else that weekend. That, that was amazing. Yeah. So we were, uh, after the race and I think it was on Sunday during the Indy, we were driving over there or whatever. Ethan mentioned, I forget what he mentioned it, but he mentioned this, that was worth a two hour drive and the Indy, uh, is worth a nine hour drive. So I think that kind of showed that that race was and that event was really, really cool and was worth 
you're not obviously not a nine hour drive up, but obviously if you lived maybe like an hour or hour away, you would probably drive up to go watch that. As you said, it was, we were actually driving in uh, into Indy towards our Airbnb. Our Airbnb was only like five minutes away. And Ethan, um, Ethan's mom goes, where's the track? Like, is the track on this road? Uh, and Ethan goes, look, pulls up his maps. It's like, it is right here. And the stands, we're at the stoplight across from the track. Yeah, it was right there. And the stands were big. It looked like a nice facility. And then obviously when we went in, it was a very nice facility. Uh, $25 tickets to get in. And there was not a bad seat in the place. Um, had its own merch, all sorts of stuff. But uh, I do want to mention here before we, the the town, when I, when we went in Indy, Indianapolis is what I think is people known as a big city in the U.S. You got, you know, maybe not up there with Philly, but they always have a sport. Population is like 400,000. Yes. Like that's a pretty big city. And I think if you say Indianapolis, a lot of people are going to know where it is, you know, what it is, obviously the Colts, but the Indy 500 obviously being a major thing for that town. Um, But man, like there were not a lot of big buildings. It was kind of run down more than I thought it would be. Um, It like, it was nice. It looked like a hardworking neighborhood, but it would kind of surprise me of how much it looked kind of run down more than I was anticipating. Um, it's yeah. not like, it's not like cities here on the East coast. It's a lot more spread out. Like yeah. on the East coast, like all the cities, all the houses are like built together, packed together out there. Even if you're in the suburbs or close to the city center, you still have a yard it seems and stuff like that, which is nice. It, there's a little bit more space, but back to speed drone. I thought the $25 tickets were a little pricey until they started talking about what was on schedule for the night. We were unknowingly, it was not a normal night for the speed drum. It was their 10,000 to win figure eight spring shootout with late models. And let me tell you the, 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 the um, other series that they run the weekly, <clears throat> weekly series that they run were fantastic. The, the, Ford series was a lot of fun. The, the, there was a 40 car field for the uh, front wheel drive beater car series, which is um, incredible to watch and chaotic, but the, the, the late models, man, they got started late. We didn't get to see much of the race, but what we did see was something to behold. Yeah. I think we, before we went up to the weekend, Ethan uh, said their tickets were about 20 and it was like, yeah, whatever. Once a lifetime opportunity, you know, experience going up to the 500, I'm willing to, you know, spend my money. And you think out 25, I was like, all right, whatever. We'll go and we'll go and check it out. Got there around six. And um, like, you're like, I didn't know the full schedule. Like I knew there was a bunch of different things, figure eight oval racing, but the people that were racing the different types of cars, they had great, it was great racing. Uh, you had a lot of passing and it was just really good. Uh, yeah, so we didn't see the whole thing. I don't. I didn't even check. I could have checked, but I didn't even know. I don't even know when that race ended. But at the rate it was going when we left, probably very uh, the wee hours of the morning. But we get back late, don't sleep well, wake up early five five o'clock in the morning again for the Indy Five Hundred on Sunday. And what a day it was! Um, cannot recommend it enough. Uh, we, we got to the track and parked parking was way easier getting in than I expected. 
Um, oh, you got something? I will say, when you, the racing that night before Indy, me and Ethan both could not fall asleep. It was hot, sticky, could not fall asleep. And I think it was like 1 a.m. and I was still up. And I'm hearing the cars from the from the speedrome five minutes away still ripping it. So if we stayed, we would have, you know, obviously would not have been smart. So I'm glad we left. Well, given that we wake that late anyway, maybe it would have been worth it. Yeah, but we could not sleep. And when I woke up at like 5 a.m. to get to Indy, I was, I was like, I don't know how it was functioning. And just the aspect of the Indy 500 and you're going to be there, the adrenaline, you know, I'm a, I'm a sports competitor. I swim and I get adrenaline before my races, but I was getting like these boosts of adrenaline. Like I'm going to be there today. I'm going to be at the Indianapolis 500 today. And as you said, we, we got there, woke up early, got there a little bit after, uh, probably say six, around six 30, maybe six, a little before six 30 about when we parked and got out. Yeah. And as we were pulling up. So the thing about, I'm going to, I'm going to say this, the parking, we got really lucky. Um, as soon as we were pulling up to our gate, they opened the next, they opened another entrance to the parking lot. We drove as right we up. Interest. Yeah. As we got into the entrance, they, we drove up, we were in one of the first couple rows in the parking lot. So we had only a couple rows to get to the exit. Um, and we knew we were going to be in for a long treat with, uh, with the, with trying to get out, which we'll get here in a couple minutes, but we got very lucky with just the whole getting into the track, getting that parking spot. Um, and probably... Horse lady. The best part of getting in early in the race, uh, earlier in our uh, day, was watching a family that obviously had a rich, um, rich family that had. That Let's had, not uh, go after the family. It was just the. It was just the mom, really, yeah. that was causing problems. They all seemed very nice, and obviously, uh, the lady, um, the mother, you know, got out of the car and was like stopping traffic, saying how we they paid for three parking spots so they could tailgate. And the people that were uh, telling people where to go and have instructing the parking were like, uh, no, you only have two. So you can, you can, you bought the two parking spots. You don't have three. And then there was like a little argument. And uh, we were just kind of laughing and because it was like, come on lady. Like we're, people are trying to get into the race. We're not here to tailgate. We're here to watch the 500. Um, but it was just funny how uh, the, the tailgating and it was just, it was just funny how she got out. And it's like 6 30 AM and she's fighting over, over about a 10 foot space of, of grass in the parking lot of of the Indy 500. Yeah, it it was uh, a good entertainment. Got got us going early in the morning. Free entertainment, as I like to call it. Then you have to pay for that. We got to watch that for free. Yes. An appetizer, you might say. So we get in, we get into the track. Uh, We got a great picture with, with a mascot photo bombing us. And someone over here named Ethan got his bag checked. What do you mean? We all got through. We didn't have to get our bags checked, and you got you got beat. You uh, I, no no. I I thought okay. I thought it was. I didn't I didn't get beeped when I walked through. I thought it was just standard protocol. Like that's how it typically is. If you got a bag, you got a bag. So I just walked over there and opened my bag because you know what? What do you think I was trying to sneak in? What were you trying to hide in that backpack? Either? I mean, it would have beeped anyway because I had my radio in there. So I guess. I guess. Mm-hmm. Just it was just funny how you were the only one that got stopped, and me and Donovan and your parents all walked right through. Well, 
I thought I thought I had to, so I just was like, I'm not even gonna. Yeah, yeah, we were just giving you a hard time about that. Yeah, so we got the T-shirt, got the merch, walked in through the tunnel, seven o'clock in the morning, coming out of the tunnel to the infield, seeing the track in all its glory for the first time. My goodness, on race day, that is a spectacle. Beautiful, beautiful sight. Even the empty grandstands with the flags flying and and all everyone walking into the infield to set their their chairs up to to lugging their coolers in and, and everyone who paid for a general admission ticket in the infield. The energy was already there at seven o'clock in the morning, six hours before the green flag flew. Like, where else are you gonna get that? Absolutely. You were you were multiple hours away from green flag and you're walking, we walk in through the tunnel into the infield at 7 a.m. The first thing that hit me was how big it was. Like, the infield was gigantic. They had their own golf course in there. It was, I did not expect it to be that big. I know it's more of a rectangle, or so it makes more space, more square footage. You have that bigger aspect. It's like kind of the same size as Pocono, but obviously Pocono would be in a triangle. Gets a little more condensed. But that was the first thing that hit me. The second thing that hit me, there was a concert going at 7 a.m. and people were fired up. You walk in and everybody's like, like, let's go. Like it's the Indy 500. We're like, we're here. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't, the, it, it, it was just so impressive. I don't know how many people were there at seven o'clock in the morning, but it was already big crowd walking in. Lots of people walking in with us, the excitement, people getting ready to party, people getting ready for a good race. Everyone's heading towards the midway in the center of the track. And uh, as you get closer, more and more stuff starts popping up. At this point, we split from my parents, went to do our own thing. And, oh, we got a picture with the curb that killed half the field at, at, at the cup race on the road course a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, that was a necessity. We uh, took a picture with the curb. Not, not, not a thing I thought I would be doing in my lifetime, but we took a picture with the curb. Yes. So check out the midway, and I got to say, the access at that track is amazing. At any other NASCAR race, you got to pay an extra. I mean, at Pocono, you got to pay an extra ticket for pit access. Pretty much every track, you got to pay for it. This, your ticket gets you anywhere open to the public. Yeah, and Pocono, you pay $50 for a Cami ticket, another 50 for the pit paddock area. So it's like $100. Our tickets were about $115 a piece. So obviously, the knee was a little bit more expensive. But I will say this. We walked straight into the haulers. In Pocono, NASCAR, we could not do that. They had like I don't one know or two. we were supposed to be there, but. But we had, they had one or two security guards there. But they were like a ton of people were walking in. And they really just couldn't care. I mean, at that point, there's no cars in there. The cars are all going through tech or they're getting pushed out to the grid so it's really just the haulers and there's people back there from the teams to make sure no fans or anything dumb but just walking around seeing their haulers we kind of got a little bit of visual of the tech that was going on that was just super cool and as you mentioned we had you know those tickets were grandstand tickets in turn three at this point we were right in by the tower we got awesome picture of the tower uh with us there we walked you know into the garage as we mentioned we there was we ended up getting able to walk on the track and um, uh, going into into one because the ticket just allowed you access everywhere. Obviously, you can't go to certain places because you're just you're a normal fan. 
but can't I go loved, touch the race cars. Yeah, but I loved the ass. I loved it so much. How yes, it's Indy 500, and I was thinking they're gonna probably be a lot of security, which there were. But you had so much access, so much more access than I thought there was gonna be. And compared to NASCAR, the amount of access you got in Indy compared to NASCAR was a hundred times better, and it was just awesome. I mean, you could go anywhere you really wanted, unless you're really trying to push it and go and go into like the garage and pits and uh, stuff well, where the cars are. We even walked into like the safety crew meeting by accident because there was a garage door open, right? Thinking yeah, it was like another thing you could go look at, and we walked in and they didn't even blink. They like, if we wanted, we could have listened to the meeting, you know, and. It was like every corner you turned, there was another area that you didn't expect to be able to get into that was wide open with people walking around, looking at stuff. I mean, there was um, IndyCar Ministry had a, had like church services going every half hour that you could go into, that walked out on the track. It, it, it was just fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And the, you know, the, the be allowed to go everywhere is one thing. I also want to give it like a quick just shot. The fans were awesome. Um, the people there, obviously, I, I wouldn't even say, like, obviously a bunch of them aren't even there for the race. They're just there to hang out, have fun, meet new people, you know, ton of drunk people. It was a big party atmosphere pretty much. Um, but like, even check out lady, Indy 500 picks on, uh, on Twitter. Oh yeah. That's, that's some free entertainment. You'll have a couple hours uh, of free entertainment there, but like someone, a lady offered to take pictures. Like they're just, they are all there to, for the same common purpose. And I think we even were there just to have fun. You're it's Memorial day weekend. And, um, Andy, they did their tribute, um, to all the men and women that served our country. And they were like, they you know, the people that paid the ultimate sacrifice and passed away in the battle in the lines of duty had their families. And they were saying like, Memorial Day is for people to go out and have fun because this is what the uh, soldiers and everybody that uh, that fights for the U.S. does. So to just all be there, one place, everybody's just having a, you know a great time, even if they're not the biggest race fans, even if they're the biggest race fans, everybody there was having a blast. It was electric from 6:30 a.m. when we rolled up and all the way to when we left later that afternoon. It was unbelievable the fans were absolutely amazing absolutely there's 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 nothing else like it that i've experienced even the phillies playoff game we were at i mean that that's the closest thing we could argue about that but it's it, it was it was a playoff atmosphere there's a solid crowd fan zone was packed connor you want to tell the next story which i'm sure we're leading to um <laughs> I was trying to push it off as long as possible. So obviously, you know, any NASCAR race, they had their midway fanfare, whatever. So Indy had the same. It was like a little square, I would say. It was you know, massive. Bigger yeah. than any NASCAR one. Eh, right about. So they had a ton of free stuff. They were handing out free stuff left and right. Good free many, stuff, too. Yeah, you had so many games you could play, spin wheels, everything. We got a picture with the, in a real Indy car. We got uh, our friend Donovan got a picture in the Mountain Dew Indy car because he's a big Mountain Dew drinker. Um, and then we and then we right. just beginning of our of our little circle around the fanfare area. We get to Firestone. Uh, Firestone's really big in the Indy 500. Uh, they provide the they're the Indy car tire company. Yeah. So and, you know obviously they all wear the hat. They jump the milk on in victory lane. 
So, you know, obviously we're like, all right, let's stop by. They get us some free stuff. We get a um, couple of free stuff. And they have this vending machine that you wait in line for. The line was a little bit longer. And normally I feel like we would not have waited in that line. But we're like, ah, we probably need a break. This is probably a good break. Let's just stand here under the tent, wait in the vending machine line that you can win something. We need something more. So we get up there and I'm like, Ethan, you can just go. I don't even like set the standard for us. Let's see. Let's see what happens. And so no one, I think, has won. Like, it seems what it seemed like. Well, I'll get to tell this after, but get up there. It's us three. I let Ethan go first, and the person that enters the code entered the first number in, and nothing happened. So it got jammed or something in with that number, so she picks a new number. That thing pops out. Ethan gets the box. $250 gift card to Firestone, and I was like, are you kidding me? And I'm like... I let him go and he wins $250, but obviously now I'm like, you know what, if I went first, I would probably get that first number that would be like a normal like koozie or whatever. So what did you win? I think I want a koozie or something, but then I didn't even get one. Like she never gave me one. Like, so I don't know, but I already have enough koozies. <laughs> so you want a $250 gift card and you want to keep the continued story about how you I got, I got to tell the, the second part of the story. So my birthday was just a few weeks ago, right? And so I just recently turned 18. So for most of those things, you know, when you fill out something, like especially for the midway, you fill out a survey to get the free stuff, there's an option for under 18. And that basically means that, that locks you out of winning like the big prizes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've gotten in a habit of clicking that. And... So I get up there, I win this thing, and then I go, oh, shoot, as they're, like, bringing the manager out to have me sign something, sign a little bit of paperwork or whatever to uh, to, to, uh, to to win the prize. I'm like, oh, shoot, I didn't fill out that I was 18. I'm like, wait, 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 you, hold on. You know, you, you, I have to be 18 to win this, right? And they look at me like I'm not, which understandable. I'm like, listen – I just turned 18. I clicked under 18 out of habit. Here's my driver's license. Take a look at the driver's license, please. Don't take this prize away from me. And, and they were fortunately very grateful. They, they, they checked it out. They're good. And they just had me refill out the form. But I, there was a brief moment of panic. And you, and you were laughing at me for being an idiot. For almost I was laughing at you because you was fumbled away a $250 gift card. So as you're filling out the new information, I mean, Donovan are like all mad that we didn't get it. So we're like, all right, let's. They have like a sim thing you set up. I race and you can run a lap. I'm like, all right, Donovan, we're racing. And I run a 46.0 flat, which is a couple of seconds off the, off the, off the pole, uh, in real life. But it was pretty solid for everybody that's done it. And a Donovan, 46 second or a 40 second? 46.00. Ah. So, so then Donovan comes up and he crashes in the first corner, which <laughs> obviously is not surprising knowing him. So um, you get your gift card. I get to beat Donovan. Um, still a little mad about that, but, you know, if it was me, I would probably have gotten that first number that ended up getting jammed or whatnot. So good for you. Uh, your card needs it. My card doesn't. So it's probably for the better. A uh, little shot there. Um, there is there there is one close to us. I did check, which is good. Yep. But um, – yeah, so continue through the midway. Anything else? We got Jiffy Loop socks. I want a $10 Shell gift card for gas. Shell probably had the best free stuff. 
Free good hats, good shirts, gift cards, pretty pretty dang good stuff. So we by this point it's what ten o'clock in the morning, eleven yeah, o'clock. It was about ten thirty, and uh, we were kind of wrapping up the fanfare. Ethan had to go do one last thing. Me and Don need to go find the bathroom. We're gonna meet up by the bathrooms on the little berm hill, um, and then it was about ten thirty. Yeah, so we we, we reconvene. We we mocked the the Monaco GP with some people, the the wonderful parade to set the set the stage for Indy. It's really nice that F one puts on a parade on that Sunday morning in Monaco of all places. Just picturesque. It's beautiful watching them follow each other without passing. You know, that's very nice. Um, we work back to our seats, or actually, we never went to our seats in the first place. So we're trying to find our seats, get lunch. I, uh, I, I'm still mad about this. I, I can understand why they do it, but card only really Indy really that's kind of stupid. It is, but the card only thing. Yes. It was stupid. It would have worked so much better if you had better signal because they swiped each of our cards about 15,000 times before they went through because there was no signal at that track. I get the no cash for security reasons. If you have that many people, 400 some, like just shot, like 350 some thousand people will say, and all of them have cash, you're going to have millions of dollars. Just like, it's not, it's not smart to do cash in that type of event. So yeah. obviously, obviously I get it. Um, just with the numbers, it's better, more secure, but you got to get better signal. That was, I wanted some chicken tenders. We all got chicken tenders, also pretty overpriced for uh, not some it's event pricing. The yeah. fries were good. Yeah, it was all right. Um, and we uh, finally, after they flipped my cards fifteen times and Ethan making some jokes about how they should have cash, uh, I finally get. We finally get our chicken tenders and we walk back up to our seats or walk to our seats. Yep, get to our seats. The people in front of us. First of all, view is amazing. Connor's mad. This is the this is the part where Connor will have his little rant. The people so though they they this this company I guess works with IMS to sell these seats, uh, these like cushions you put on your bench seat, and um, they're like a fold up thing, like a mini folding lawn chair almost that has like a metal back with fabric so you can have something to lean on. the The whole family in front of us whether by themselves or just because the seats were broken, we're leaning like halfway into our leg room for our seats. It was very uncomfortable. We're all very tall. Even Donovan, he's shorter than us, but he's still relatively tall and no, no leg room, no leg room. And it got better. You got used to it as the race went on, but that, that was annoying. Um, Hmm. This whole thing, first off, $150 tickets, pretty good, pretty good price. I would say that's a fair, fair price. These seats are not big. Like, no, but it's an older facility. Yeah, but I'm just saying, so the seats are not big. And then you have these foldable chairs that connect to the benches so people can have a backrest. One, that is stupid. If the seats are already small, there should not be no backrest. And these people were not like they're in their 90s. These were younger they had some grandparents. Grandparents looked younger. The you know looks like parents and a little kid. And of course, I'm like, I'm sitting behind the little kid. I'm like, all right, sure. This little kid won't. This will probably be the best one to sit behind. He probably won't uh, be leaning back too much. 
But this kid, this little kid, just leans up and leans back and pushes the chair into my knees. I don't know how many times, at least triple digits, at least 100 times he did that. And then he, like, would have his little hat, and he would, like, reach his hands up, would take his hat off, stretch, and he keeps smacking me in the face. And each time I would stand up, because everybody was standing up at certain points, we'd sit down, stand up, sit down. Sometimes when I sat down, I would knock his chair a little bit, just nudge it because it's so far back in my seat. Every time I did it, he gave me a death look, and I was fed up with him. I was about to knock some sense into that little kid because he kept hitting me in my knees, smacking my face. Uh, he was all over the place. At one point, he had his legs back underneath into my feet that were sitting there. It was funny time, watching you get progressively ticked off at an eight-year-old. Yeah, but every time I did something, like sit down and nudge his seat because the seat's in my seat, he would give me a death stare. And I was like, so one time when he went to use the bathroom, guess what I did? I moved his seat up about four inches, openly that he would fall because it wasn't on the bench anymore. I didn't hear this. That's cool. Um, Great race festivities were great. It was really neat seeing the whole thing fill up. You know, they paced the field with some classic race cars. The moment of silence, 350,000 people in that place. Every single one of them was silent. That was really neat. First flyover was weak. Second flyover caught all of us off guard as they came from behind us. Uh, anything else for pre-race? Pre-race was fantastic. Nope, they did They did everything right, did everything cool. It was awesome. Uh, crowd was getting packed, and at that point, we were all ready to yell. Yes, crowd was getting hyped. Race starts. They are way quieter than we expected. Uh, didn't even use uh, head. You didn't even need uh, ear protection unless you wanted to listen to, like, the radio. Um, yeah, first half of the race, pretty uneventful. Connor starts asking me how long it goes. I can tell he's getting bored. Stingray Rob spins out to cause the first caution, and everything breaks loose from there. It was a fantastic race from there on out. When um, when VK and Polo collided, you could the the whole facility. Everyone gasped. It, like that. That's the moment that was like for me that sticks out. Like, oh my word, this place is this is really really cool. When when the whole crowd like jaws yeah. dropped at yeah. that moment. Everybody's jaws dropped, and I even looked at Ethan as it was happening, and we we're like, no way that just happened. Like we lost our breath. And that was also, I think that was my first moment too, when we realized the crowd was so into it. And after that, Plo was back, and Plo was a dominant card to begin the race, first half of the race. And MVK. Yeah. um, Both just, it was just wrong place, wrong time for Plo. Um, uh, He would end up bouncing back. But then the race kept going on, and um, we had a, you know, car hit the wall, pretty heavy damage spin out. Uh, that brought the second caution. And then after that second caution for that spin, you were about, you know, had a little bit of green flag run in there, but then you had, you were about, I think 50 laps or so, like you're getting to the, uh, you know, back end of the race. And then, you know, all craziness broke loose. I think the Grosjean wreck came with about four fifty five to go. Cause yeah. it created a split strategy where some people pitted and some people stayed out. And then you had two strategies dueling at the end. And as they're merging together with about 15 to go, 
Uh, Felix Rosenquist gets loose into turn one, um, hits the wall, loses his steering, comes, spins out across the track. Kyle Kirkwood barely clips him, but clips him in a way to send his tire flying and him flying upside down, down the short chute and onto the back stretch. Uh, race is red flagged. We weren't sure for a little bit. We we didn't know right away if that tire had hit anyone. We just saw it go flying, and the track uh, PA system was quiet for a few minutes. Everybody was quiet. Fans got quiet. That was scary. Um, we first knew that Kirkwood was okay. He got out pretty quick. That was good to see. He had a nasty crash upside down, ripping the safer barrier, but good to see him walk away with no injuries and being will be okay. But then obviously the second part was a tire flew over the catch fence. And obviously that can't happen. I don't care how tall the catch fence wants to be. Can't happen. Um, we could go on and on about it. It just can't happen. You, you got to find a reason. Um, obviously it has to be bang, bang, perfect timing for that tire to even fly off the car like that as it's supposed to be connected. But uh, obviously can't happen. But as you said, no one knew what was going on. We had no idea if it hit someone because if that thing hits someone, that's a casualty. So yeah. obviously major concern going to the track, but then obviously we got word and a big sigh of relief uh, filled the, filled the track. We learned it just hit some, some poor lady's car. Um, this is some poor Chevy cruise. But uh, obviously she, uh, she even got interviewed and she got, was able to kiss the bricks. She got uh, a free ride home, kiss the bricks. She got some stuff since her car got hit, but she even said, but she got interviewed. She was like, I'm glad it hit a car and not a person because uh, a person that would have been a really bad, really bad, really bad thing to happen. We would not be talking. We would probably not be doing this episode if it hit a person because then it would be a, it would be a casualty. It would be a tragedy. Yes. Not, not an awesome, happy weekend. Um, You know, of course, big cheer comes from the crowd when they red flag it because that means they're going to get more, more, Green flag laps. Race goes back green with 14 to go or something. Um, Pato Award, who has been aggressive, always is aggressive at Indy and the McLaren. He's always super fast, has never won it before. He was probably a little too aggressive or a little not as aggressive as he could have been last year racing for the win and came second. This year he sent it inside of Marcus Erickson right in front of us. That was crazy. Um, makes contact, spins out, hits the, hits the wall, almost goes flying. A couple other cars are collected. Another red flag comes out. The crowd cheers. We're going to have a restart with four laps to go. And race gets restarted. We got a wave going in our section of the grandstands, which is neat. It did not get all the way around the track. I don't think we could have even known if that was happening, if it did, but uh, they they go green as they're coming to green. The leaders go three wide, um, and they the field crashes behind them. We think it's over, it's over. It all all that matters is who of the three that went three wide: Erickson, Joseph Newgarden, Santino Ferrucci. Who was up front first uh, at the time of the caution? We think oh, Erickson gets announced as the leader. We think Erickson's just one two straight. And they red flag it again, setting up a green flag, one lap shootout. Connor. That was a NASCAR type call. It was. They should not have red flagged it, let it run. The only reason, as you mentioned then, was because the cars that crashed were right to start finish line and they 
only left a very narrow gap for drivers to get through. And if you're calling safety, it was sketchy the first time the field came around. Yeah, but there you got to go down the pits or something like that. And I understand, I understand any car's aspect of it and the red flag. Red flag just seemed more of they want a green flag finish, entertainment reasons. But obviously, it ended up being what happened. And then we got a one lap shootout. You get the green and white at the same time, and the car that comes back around is going to win it. And it was a fight. Yep. Joseph Newgarden pulls around Marcus Erickson on the back stretch. Goes around to win his first Indy 500 in 12 tries. Uh, he's a two-time champion. Going into the weekend, he was the winningest driver in the field without an Indy 500 win, uh, the American for Team Penske. And uh, he does his victory lap, parks it on the bricks, climbs into the crowd. That's the last we see before we scoot out, get caught in traffic for two hours, and come home just in time for the Coke 600 to get called off. So we had a night to kill. Yeah, the... Super cool for him to win. Um, it's like a Kyle Busch winning the Daytona 500, something that really has been, you know, kind of drug out here. But, uh, yeah, super cool. Fans loved him over Erickson. Erickson, as fans see him, really boring. We're walking out shoulder by shoulder, ton of drunk people. I thought a drunk person was going to fall into my arms. We're walking out, finally get to the car, and we have a decision to make. Are we camping or are we going? And we started going, and it was the biggest game of chicken. We cut up a line. Uh, we ended up getting out onto the street somehow, some way, um, relatively quickly. I'd say with 20 to 25-ish minutes, we were on the street, onto an actual street. The Porsche, they left at the same time of us, the same Porsche that was at the beginning. They were race. stuck. They were stuck. And after a while, I started moving a little bit, moving a little bit, cut through some neighborhoods, hop on the highway, and we were set sail to back to the Airbnb. Obviously, as you said, Coke 600 canceled, had time to kill. Uh, played some more Frisbee, you know, went on a little walk, went to the playground, hang out a little bit. Packed our stuff up, woke up the next morning around 7 a.m., and we booked it home. Yep, and it was a long drive home. We did have the Coke 600 for the last two or three hours, but overall, fantastic trip, really busy weekend. We're planning on doing it again next year, I think. Uh, at least we'll give it a shot. And, uh, yeah, I cannot recommend it enough. It was a fantastic weekend. We are running it right down to the rails here, so thank you so much for listening. We might cover it a little bit in the full show. But uh, this has been our Indy 500 recap on the Quick Pit Podcast. <laughs>